0: Support for this podcast comes from Transperfect, a family of companies providing language services and technology solutions for global businesses. Connect your brand to the world and visit Transperfect.com. From Transperfect and A to Z Productions, this is next. And I'm Zelina Khan, your host. Hey everyone, we decided to switch things up this season. In the past, our episodes have been based around different industries and businesses, featuring some really intelligent subject matter experts. But this time around, we're gonna focus on people. Specifically, some of the amazing female leaders that we know, that we think, should be shared with you all. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, welcome back to Next. This episode, we're joined by Janelle Diane, executive brand strategist, speaker, and published author. Janelle is an expert on personal brand, personal style, and storytelling. We thought this was a good time to sit down and chat with Janelle in a time where our interpersonal communication has shifted dramatically, well, in a virtual space. What better time than now to speak with an expert on how you can present yourself and your brand. Let's get into it. Janelle, welcome to the show finally. We've been talking about having you on for almost a year since we met, I think we met last year. Last year, April, I believe at the Global Retail Forum, I have to admit, when I first saw you on stage, I think I was a healthy mix of intimidated and, aw- and in awe, right? You know, you mm-hmm. ooze of confidence, light. It was just reassuring that we met you, like you were just as like pleasant off stage as you were on stage, because I think I've been to a lot of conferences, I've been to a lot of networking events, and it was just really nice to just have you. So Welcome. We're still happy. Thank you.
1: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm excited to to, to get going and, and catch up with you guys. It, it has been a while, but that was a an awesome event that I was able to speak at. And you and the team are incredible. And you guys do see things much differently and, and with a much larger sense of compassion and wanting to bring my message out to everyone. So thank you for having me. So you're an
0: author. You're an executive brand strategist. You're basically the name behind the name. Can you just tell the
1: listeners a bit more in detail about your background? Sure, absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of Janelle Diane, uh, which is otherwise known as JD. And I'm an executive brand strategist and an author of a new book, Story Style Brand, Why Corporate Results Are a Matter of Personal Style. I started my company six years ago after kind of having a wake-up call and a aha moment that said it was my turn and I needed to do something that was bigger than myself and bigger than a bottom line and had a greater purpose to help other women in leadership give themselves permission to go after something that they have always dreamed of even if they don't know what it is over the course of the last 6 years i have been working with women in executive leadership roles from all different industries globally and within the the united states from new york texas chicago and here in the bay area and what i started to see was a pattern of how i was able to help bring a woman's brand through what they wear and the stories they're telling, how I was able to bring this brand up onto a stage for them to be an authentic leader of, of a company and their brand. And as I started to find success in that, I realized that there was a three-step method, a method to my madness. I realized that again, going back to why I started six years ago, With this company, I realized that I needed to amplify this method so that everyone could have it and everyone could implement that, all women in leadership and all women out there that are just starting their careers or moms that are just going through this transition of who am I and what I want to do in my next phase or stage of life. It's very easy to get lost in the mix. Um, How did the idea for your book come about? when they approached me, uh, the publishers asked, you know, what I write down, what I do. It was kind of one of those, like, uh, I don't write a book, nor do I write more than 150 words on a blog. But I took a step back and I said, sure, I'll put something down and try and figure out a way that I can can do this and, and get my message out. So in November, I launched my book. It came out super excited. It was number one bestseller on Amazon on new release as well for my category.
0: Congratulations again on the book. That's no easy feat to accomplish. I mean, I can write to no end for others, but when it comes to talking about myself, I struggle deeply. so I commend you on getting that done and actually sharing a
1: piece of yourself and then actually getting the recognition for it thank you i was I was watching those numbers, and I am highly competitive and I was trying not to be because obviously this book is about the message more than it is about number of sales, but it was kind of fun to hit that number. So I decided to write this book just as I do with my method by breaking it out into three steps and three sections. And it's, you start with the story. So I started with my story, and how I grew up and how I came to be where I am today. It talks about my childhood, my entry into motherhood, my start of a career and walking away from a career, and then my deci- decision to choose me and start all over again. And then the second section talks about style. And I know a lot of people when I first started out, they'll read about how I entered the world of fashion and becoming a stylist. I have no background in fashion. I always like to say that. And I actually have never really enjoyed, you know, looking at high couture and runway fashion. But what I did find about fashion and what I why I say style is that fashion is... Our identifier and what we wear on the outside tells a story and tells what you know what community you are part of, how you identify, what deep beliefs you believe in um, without us saying a word. So style really is the second section is about finding your own style leadership style style communication and it plays on that word. and then the third section is about brand. A brand is the story that you tell in order to connect with others. A brand is the is the culmination of your story, the style in which you're going to address it, which includes how you appear, what you wear, and now with virtual world that we live in, what's behind you on that screen. And then presenting yourself in that brand and how do you create a brand that people can trust and that customers and employees and even friends that they can remain loyal to because they know that you stand for who you are and you stand for the beliefs and the purposes in which you get up for. That is kind of the background and then what brings us to today. And the journey is written down pretty, pretty raw at times in my book. I share some heartbreak and some big decisions I've had to make. I share wins and successes along the way as a woman entrepreneur. I talk about how I built my company, how I created a missions of V2 Mom, which is from Mark Benioff, is about how do you find your values and vision. And I openly share about mine so that anyone can read it and take away bits and pieces of how they can give themselves permission to go for it and to see failure as a good thing. And then, and then also obviously how to get up onto your own stage through this methodology that I, I walk everyone through.
0: You came to speak at Transperfect's internal women's networking group. You also spoke at the global retail forum. And one of the overarching themes I find in a lot of your talks is storytelling and why storytelling mm-hmm. is so important and relating that to style. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So at the heart of it all, we relate to each other with stories. Storytelling not only is incredible for business and and for marketing, because it aligns our purposes and our visions with others, which is our brand. Storytelling is something that creates an emotional connection with human beings. To be able to tell the right story the story that will connect with your audience is the greatest way to not only capitalize on your ROI, but to establish loyalty and commitment and and trust between two people or or, or your customers or employees. Storytelling creates emotion. We remember more when we emotionally take a journey with someone. Yeah. So even some emotional connection, right? And so if you create emotional connection, you immediately will trust someone. We'll go to a party and we always say, oh, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Right? Who do you know? Let's play the name game. You're trying to figure out how do we connect and how do our stories align together? And so a fun fact that I always find interesting when I work with some of my clients and corporations is I'll say, you know, 95% of all of our decisions when we purchase things or when we decide to hang out with someone or do an event or whatever it may be are based on emotion, Mm -hmm. right? Is it something that kind of hits into my gut? I don't know why, but I know I want to do this. I don't know why, but I know I need this product. I don't know why at Target that I need to buy that turquoise blender, but somehow I love it. And then the next 5% on top of that, right, is logic, which is, okay, I'm going to find the reason why I need it. It's, it's, and I'm, so I'm remembering that Marie
0: Kondo, uh, Netflix special. Yes. You know, it's, it, I need it. It's, it's sparking joy. And, and that's my emotion. And, you know, going through a closet and going through all of my, my sweaters and, and shoes and things like that. I'm like, no, this sparks joy. I'm going to keep this. I don't know. That right. I'm going to keep it.
1: Exactly, and so one of the things that um, going back to clothes or whatnot is, you know, again the the kind of the missing link and where I come in and the method that I've built between, you know, understanding the DNA and how human 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 behavior works on creating an emotional connection and a sense of trust to how do we establish that and exude that within our brands, personal brand, professional brand, corporate brand. As a leader, how do we take our own brand, align it with the company brand? so that we we go out there and we are the biggest brand ambassador possible. I'm
0: really passionate about storytelling. I think you know, there's just something so amazing about how they create bridges and connections and, you know, emotions.
1: You're absolutely right. The stories create the emotion, the emotion creates the trust, the trust creates the connection, the connection creates brand loyalty, and that's kind of the path in which we take. When you talk about what you wear then, and I did this when I walked up on the keynote, when I opened up for the keynote, it was, right, three steps on the stage. And the first thing I said was, you've already decided who I am. You've already decided whether or not you like me or you don't like me. If what I'm about to say is something you can trust or what I'm about to say is something that you that you don't believe in, that I'm not the expert. And like you said in the beginning of the introduction, when I walked up on stage, you had two different emotions and they were kind of conflicting, like, oh, she looks kind of cool and cl- calm. I'm a little bit intimidated, but
0: you're right. It was two different emotions cool and calm, kind of intimidated. But either way,
1: I wanted to hear what you had to say. Exactly. Exactly. And good to hear because that was what my hope was. So that, and all that was, was how I appeared and handled myself and how I played on in an authentic way all of the senses of you and the audience what you saw, how I walked, how I used my hands, how I smiled, what I was wearing, the gait right everything uh, uh, of how i presented myself was my story and then once i already established kind of what i call the lean in what i was about to say was going to be easy to understand and, and believe i was now going to tell you the truth because you trusted me i use style i use what's in your closet i use the clothes that you choose to pick and wear as the the key ingredient the critical piece of how do we get you from your closet to the stage and what are we going to put on and how we're we going to put that on and how does that make you feel and, and, and how do you make you present yourself as you leave, as you leave your front door in order to really align authentically with the message you're trying to say, the story you're trying to, to connect with and the brand that you're representing.
0: So you and I have had a number of discussions about our personal brand and finding a way to tell our own story. You know, we've both been responsible for tongues, stories of other people, other companies. But I think now more than ever, it's very important to just share your own story and share your own voice. But with the current state of the world, I find that it's more challenging now more than ever, right? I don't have a Janelle on stage. I'm losing part of that physical interaction. So for someone who is trying to find their own voice, their own story, Right now in the world where we have Zoom calls, we have Instagram, we have LinkedIn. How, how does someone find their voice? How can we work on shaping a voice where in, in a time we don't have a lot of physical aspects of conferences that we once had?
1: It's it basically we've been cut in half, right? And how do you literally, how is now your screen half of who you are, but yet how do you amplify who you are? Right. And so it's this this interesting kind of situation that we find ourselves in or, or the new normal. I think the best way to try and explain how you get to your screen, just like how you get to your stage, because your screen is now your stage, is yeah. really trying to understand the methodology in which and how I work with my clients and the method that I've laid out in the book and the questions that I ask so that you can get there along the way. And so if we can just quickly talk about those three steps. I can then come back to that screen, which is, if you can start with a story, if you can ask yourself, you know, why do I get up in the morning? Why do I do what I do? What kind of leader am I? What team am I leading? Who are they? What are they looking for? What are their needs? What is the product and service I sell? What makes me happy? What is my life intel? And what are these stories that I want to convey to them that is going to create an emotional connection, inspire them to be who they are, inspire them to work harder, inspire them to believe in not only myself, not only them, but also the company that they work for. If you can take a step back before you step on screen and just think about what kind of, you know what are those answers? How do you want to be seen? And how do you want that story to convey so that when someone wants to introduce you or talk about you, what is the story they're going to tell? This is my boss. She's amazing. She wants the best for me, right? I had a, you know, Every time you see her, I can't wait because the question she asks is not "How was your day?" It's "All right, everyone, tell me about your favorite song when you are 12." She engages. She wants to know about me, not about what I produce or I give the company. Think about those stories, and then what I ask my client to do is then go into your closet, open up that closet, and look at pieces in look at pieces in there, and say, "Okay, now that I know that I want people to look forward to me asking these fun questions." Or I'm a leader of being bold, or I I want to be authentic. I want to be transparent. I want to inspire. I want to empower. What does that look like in terms of the clothing in which that are you know that are in your closet? And I want you to pull out those pieces. And the reason why I, I ask my clients to pull out those pieces is not to then criticize yourself on what doesn't work or, or to say, well, that's a horrible choice, but that's all I got. It's I want them to pull it out and say, that's exactly the message that I want to say. And I love it. And I'm gonna stand in it because this is, this is who I am. And what it does is it actually changes the way in which your body behaves. It's a visceral response when you put on that sweater. Uh, when you even put on the pants, even though you might not be seen from the waist up, it does change the way in which you feel about yourself. And ultimately therefore you convey a different story and a different set of confidence when you do turn your screen on. You
0: know, now that you're saying this, I'm thinking about the pieces that I own that I put on that just do something to me. I feel like superwoman in a certain blazer or in a certain dress or even in a certain pair of like power pants. So we attended your book club. It was really great for me personally because I remember you brought up the fact that someone commented on one of your video calls that you actually had jeans on, not pajamas. We were talking about some of us show up to these calls more presentable than others. What I like is that you said that you do it for yourself. And when you are on these calls, you feel like you're bringing your best self to the meetings. And I, you know, I thought about that a little bit. So I actually went ahead, you know, I washed my hair. And instead of letting it air dry, you know, I blew it out. And I was just doing better. For the second half
1: of that week. Yeah. And I, I think to your point, asking others to invest in you as a leader and investing in others has to start with investing in yourself and taking that time to put yourself together, take the shower, whatever it may be. It's not a vain thing. And, you know, you hear out there being like, oh, you can work in your pajamas and awesome. And I've had people reach out to me on different social media platforms saying, are you saying that I can't wear pajamas? Are you saying that I can't wear my hoodie? And that's not what I'm trying to say at all. What I'm trying to say is invest in yourself. If it means getting up, taking a shower, and putting on your hoodie, and you're kicking butt at, at, at work, and your team is thriving, well, then that's, that's working for you. You need to make sure that your team, especially virtually, because they can't see all of you for 360 degree and all of those things, that your team sees and feels that it's not, I am here to work, but I am ready to work. Work with me. Let's do this. Let's keep communicating. Let's remind ourselves why we do what we do and why why you and I are going to work together. And so you've got to invest in yourself as, as a leader.
0: So you've been a contributing writer to multiple publications, and you've been writing a lot of current material relating to working in a remote setting, You know, being productive during COVID-19, and during social isolation and quarantining, can we talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes, absolutely. The article that comes to mind right away and that I get a lot of feedback on and request to, to speak more about it is the article that I wrote for Business Insider. And it's seven tips and tools that help you crush uh, your next sales meeting while working remotely. First thing I have to say is, like we've said over and over today, effective communication is being able to create an instant connection emotionally with your audience. The example in terms of trying to drive home this idea of effective communication is creating emotional response instantly is when you watch the weather and there's a weather woman on TV and she is saying, here's your next five-day forecast. What is the first thing that you typically will pull your eye? And it's usually what they're wearing. And what's happening is you're losing what the weather is you're losing their message. Because the first thing you see is, wow, what's going on with her? You're like, wait a minute, what, what was she saying again? Taking that into behind your screen, it's even gonna be more essential that you effectively communicate by making your appearance and how you present seamless. So what does that mean? Instead of having dangly earrings, what I say is, get rid of your air traffic control headphones, right? That is a distraction. Mm-hmm. We're looking at your headphones, we're not looking at you. I do find wireless headphones to be better because you don't feel attached to where you are. You're not leaning forward, you're not seeing a string that's being pulled on the other side and you're wondering, "Oh, where is that connecting in?" And then next you know, you're talking about a topic and next and now you're staring at the 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 cord. Subconsciously, you you've just lost focus on the meeting. Another thing we talk about is making sure what's behind you is not cluttered it's not distracting or i'll feel overwhelmed because it's dark lighting and it just feels like a den, you know a den and it just gives this feeling of like of kind of a enclosed versus open and what does that create it creates the sense of is it open communication is it fresh is it let's do this let's move forward or is it kind of we've got enough we've got to grit and grind something out because we're we're kind of hunkering down other things to think about, making sure that you get and you get to the meeting early so that you can set the stage. By being able to control the way in which you're seen, you can control the conversation that you want to have immediately. So sometimes when I run meetings with my team, I always get there early. I make sure that my mic works, that my video works, that my, the, some, whatever's behind me is exactly the same as what everyone can expect. I always have the same bookshelf, same office. That what I'm wearing is expected. This is who I am. We're going to keep moving forward. But what it also does is when then they join the the meeting, it tells them that this is not a dial in, that I want to see you. And this is the expectation that I have of everyone else who's dialing in. What it also does subconsciously is it tells everyone that everyone matters and everyone needs to participate. And so when you see people screen that have just their name, you lose that connection. It's going to be even more essential that most of our meetings need to be face-to-face, less slides, more human connection, more being able to read someone's body, see what's behind them, how are their arms moving. And so that, that's going to be even more important. So what you wear sets the tone. It's not about dangly earrings. It's not about necklaces. Maybe Again, think about it like this for men as well. Do you wear a suit in your house? No, you don't need to wear a blazer, right? Make it relatable. So really be mindful of what you wear. How you show up is how you want others to show up. And that establishes a sense of trust and authenticity. Think about what's behind you. Everything tells a story. For me, I have very specific books on my bookshelf. So if they do want to turn their head and take a look, they'll see kind of a inside of who I am. It's not all business books. It's other books that I love and a door that are marked up like crazy with, with tiny little post-it notes. They'll see pictures of my kids. They are not perfect pictures, but they're pictures of what my real life is about. So what's behind you is very important. And it plays on that instant, instant impression. The other one I talked about was about limiting your screen sharing to keep everyone focused. We all know that this happens, that when your boss or when someone is speaking and they go into a slide share, you're like, sweet, I can look at my phone. Oh, great. I'm going to turn, right. I'm going to go and grab something to eat really fast. No one's going to know that I'm gone yet. I know that they talk a long time and this slide's going to be about five minutes. Mm -hmm. So really be key on if you're going to, to use your, to, to share your slides, make it interactive while you're sharing, ask the questions, bring people in. No one wants to feel left out. We are human beings that want to be a part of a group that believe in the same vision that we all have a voice especially those who don't typically speak up this is a great way to pull them in so really limit the the disconnect with the slides that you share another one that i will talk about a little bit now is how you position yourself on your screen we all know saturday night live had this that you know there's some who like put their face super close to the camera so you're like staring straight at them and they're not even looking at the at the camera well what I do instantly, we all do, is we kind of step back like, whoa, dude, this is, a, this is a lot. Another way of looking at it is like you're looking up at the camera. So as the audience or as an employee, I'm looking down at someone, which doesn't feel good it, because it, does, it doesn't give that sense of equality. I'm looking down at you or I'm looking up at you because you're coming down from another one. So it doesn't have that natural in-person feel. So make sure that when you're in front of the screen, everyone can see your hands. I always say that because by being able to see your hands, it's kind of, you get a feeling of what it would look like truly if I sat in front of you and we talked, or if I stood in front of you and we talked, it's that you're trying to represent that same thing when right now we can't.
0: Headphones. I never thought about the headphones. Headphones. So I really like that. It's so funny you brought up the weatherman, or you know, news person, because my mom is like the queen of commentary. When we watch the news, she knows what they had on the day before. She knows if they got a haircut. So it's so funny that you actually mentioned that because I never thought about that because I think she does lose sight of the message.
1: Well, and and again, when you, I, I do this with my children, because I try to, my mom taught me how to read people, how to find someone's story when you haven't met them, or actually when you don't know them yet. And I call it, what's the one piece, what's the one conversation piece that that person has put on subconsciously or consciously, and it either covers, covers them up, or it makes them more vulnerable and and authentic. And so, like you said, when you're looking at the news, the newscasters, or whoever may be on television, especially now that we're hyper focused on how we look on the screen, yeah. what's pulling your eye and is does, is what is pulling your eye? Is that the conversation you think that they're really trying to have with you, and does it align with what they're speaking about and the company that they work for and so now, of course, every time you watch the news, you're going to even think more about that. It's that subconscious split instant decision that that just pulls you, and you'll listen or you don't listen, and the last thing that I would say as a tip for for any meeting but especially in sales which sales and marketing is truly just about relationships and connection and communication and storytelling is start with an icebreaker when you get up there and you're going to be leading this uh meeting get up there and ask a question that's not what we would expect right you want to shock them you want to disrupt their mindset you want to kind of wake them up questions that are fun right questions that like i said you know, what were you listening to at 12 years old? Or what's your favorite movie? Or, all right, everyone needs a theme song today. Everyone type in what the theme song is and we're going to pick one. And at the end, we're going to play that or whatever. Or we're going to sing that lip sync when we get back to the next meeting. You're drawing them in. You're doing a seat call to action there. The other thing I would say is address what is happening no matter what, as if you're running this meeting and if you're in front of your team, ask them, hey, look, times, here's one thing that's certain, it's uncertain. So how is everyone doing? But not to dwell in what's what's bringing people down, but it's how is everyone doing? And how can I help? All right, let's, let's just get it out there. Or tell me a funny story that happened at home, that was a blooper, right? One of the things I would share is there was a zoom bomb on one of my first live webinars. And what are you going to do, but laugh it off, it actually broke the ice, right? You were feeling much more comfortable with moving forward, that we had now just experienced something together that wasn't just business. We experienced an event and a news story that the 25 or whoever was a part of that in the beginning, that that now connects us. We just had that that event. Ask those questions and, and create an equal playing field and then answer them honestly. Don't go first. Throw yourself in there in the middle so that you don't always take the lead. I find
0: that we've been doing catch-ups with some of the teams I work with, even if it's just a catch-up on my phone, but we're talking about the same things. How is the virus affecting you? What's going on in your area? How much toilet paper do you have? Tell me how long the grocery line was. And we're talking about the same things. So someone finally had the idea to just Ask a question, let everyone answer it. And the question was, what was your first job or tell us about an interesting job experience that you've had. And I felt like I learned so much about these people that I've been working with for years. For that moment, we were able to talk about something else and just find common ground and find connections and laugh.
1: There's many silver linings that are coming out of COVID-19, humbling a lot of us. It's bringing us all to the same level playing field. I think taking what you said, which is absolutely very insightful, and it's so true. What it did, what it did for you, right, was you saw your coworkers in a different light. The question that you asked actually showed showed you other facets of them as a professional, and other areas of expertise they've worked on because they might not be doing that for the current company right they might have done that somewhere else and then their journey kind of shifted and so what does that also create it creates a larger network to ask for help to connect and say oh my gosh i remember that that alex he could do that he didn't do it here but i do remember that he had this funny story or this experience in his first job i'm going to reach out to him it might be cross departmental but i'm going to reach out to him because now we have a bigger network and a bigger think tank together there is so much untapped talent and expertise that we don't think about because we're hired based on a resume and a job spec and a bucket that you're going to fill. That's not that's not what a human being is. We come from all these different experiences.
0: This year, mental health has really taken center stage. It's a large focus for people. And I love that it's being talked about more openly, just like physical wellness. How do we Check in on people. Mental wellness isn't something you can see. How can we reach out? How can we help and be present for others more?
1: To keep talking, to -hmm. keep communicating, to make, for me, mental health is huge and we're all feeling it. And some go in a wave at week two, some are starting to feel it week four, others hit it at day five, whatever it may be. But I think if we make it normal, and we continue to talk about it. And we continue to share our own stories and ask, just say, hey, guys, I'm struggling today. Not sure if you know anyone else has felt this, but this is where I, I, I'm at. And create, knowing that they are in a space that's safe, mm-hmm. that is going to be heard, this isn't easy. And knowing that we aren't alone takes time. And it takes over communication, communication all the time a lot. Of, I've talked to a couple of companies that they're starting to enact daily check-ins, just an open forum. A couple of leaders will be there and anyone can dial in. They can talk about their kids. They can talk about health. They can talk about, I'm struggling with this piece. They they can just talk. And it's a place where it, there is no business. It's just about humans and how are we doing? And going back to the key root of what is in our blood, what's our DNA and what humans are about is connecting, connecting and feeling part of a group. And right now we've been splintered and by shifting that mindset of saying okay instead of me being isolated which look I felt yesterday I struggled yesterday working I actually told my kids and my husband I'm like I just need to stop like I didn't know what was going on I just knew that I just wasn't myself being able to be authentic about that has nothing to do with work it's just human beings that if we can keep talking about it then then switching that mindset from we are splintered and alone to we have a common ground, actually, and it's COVID-19. And how do we rally around each other so that we're going to beat COVID-19 and come out even stronger? We can either choose to focus on what's un, what's not, what we're not able to control. There's a lot that we can't control. In fact, all, our whole life is about not being able to control things. This happens to be a much faster rate in which we can't control. Or we can choose to say, what do we all align on? What is our common ground? And right now it's COVID. COVID-19. And to have compassion, not empathy, but compassion, which is you're going through a tough time. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Not a focusing on yourself, but knowing there's others out there. Because when you hear other stories, you'll either say, wow, just like me, or wow, they have it worse than I do. I thought I was struggling, but what can I do to help them? I got to lift them up. So it's you got to find that common thread.
0: I think it's really important to note that not every day is going to be a good day. And being honest with yourself and owning it. Hey, I'm having a rough day. Not every day is going to be a rough day. I'm going to get through this and just figure out what works for you. Not everybody's gonna be able to do a nine to five from home, maybe an 11 to seven or maybe a nine to one and then take a break, pick it back up. And I've had to experiment with times that work for me. And I think the most important thing was just being honest with myself because the minute you start getting honest with yourself, you're not standing in your own way anymore. So now that you're an author, you've kind of had to make a shift where you've been the brand behind the brand and now you're the brand front row and center.
1: Let's talk more about that shift. The search and the, the quest to find your story, quote unquote, needs to, needs to be understood that it's not a story it's multiple stories, that every story within your story matters. Every story within your story connects with others in different ways. And those stories are, are who you are today, but it needs to come back to, am I ready to find my story? But when you are ready and you have this deep need to say, why do I get up in the morning? I really want to figure out what is my story. If someone asked me, tell me something about you. What defines you? Who are you? What do you stand for? Those are all different questions with different stories, with different answers. And when you bring those all together, you start to stand tall, stand alone, and give permission to others to stand up with you, with their own stories. And so what I say to others is, you can sit down and write about your stories. You can sit down and say, I want to be, I want to do this in my life in five years. And, and I believe that, you know, here are my values, which is authenticity. And you can use these great words. But what I do in this link that I've been able to create is take out everything in your clothes because you're going to find your stories and the stories you want to keep when you take everything out of your closet and you start looking at them all. Because what do we do when we look at at our clothes? Oh my gosh, that's my grandma's sweater. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a story there. Talk about that story. Live in that story one more time. I let go of the stories that no longer pertain to me. And I created my own story. And then when I could add more stories and more stories, and I start to kind of create my, my brand. And that's really what it is. Your brand is being able to share your story through how you appear, what you say, how you communicate, right? Through how you lead others or connect with others. That's your brand. The reason why I used clothes and styling and fashion, for me, it was the ability to control a conversation. And we all have that need and desire to connect and feel accepted. So every time you go in a, in a room, you're always like, do I look good enough? Am I going to be accepted? And so for me, I felt like that was the missing link. It's clarity. It's taking what everyone else says we're supposed to do, we're supposed to wear, we're supposed to be, and really just saying, no, I get to choose that. I'm going to take that back and take that control back. Another thing that I find that I started called Beyond Us, and you asked about this earlier about how can we help others? find their own stories how can we let them know that they are supported and that we're all in this together the other concept that i do is we all talk about oh turn around reach down and help someone back up right give money to to education you know somewhere else or or help help build something or help empower a group i wanted to do something jd style how can jd give back and how can i give back and how can my clients and other women especially give back because women need to help other women instead of judge women. It's by sharing our stories. But the way what I do is, okay, I'm going to share my stories through the clothes that I no longer need to wear. For example, if there's a woman and I talk about this in the book, her I call her Alaska and I got word that she was struggling and she's 15 years younger than one of my clients, same size. She needed to, to try and get a job. She was young with kids and she was just didn't know what to do and she needed help. And I got a call and they said, do you, can you help? And I said, absolutely. And what I do is I don't donate clothes as a charity. I don't have my clients give their clothes to dress for success, which is a great, a great organization. I have my clients connect with one other woman that could use their clothes to help through their stories, inspire them and say, you know, we're going to help you. I'm going to send over three three pieces of clothing that I got my first job in, right? Okay. That's my left side of the, st- my left side of the closet. I'm going to send you over some stuff because you're pregnant and I know you're struggling with your weight. I got some in my right side and I'm going to write you a letter. I'm going to send it over to Alaska and say, you don't owe me anything. But when you put this on, just know that there's someone back here in California that's been on that journey. I want you to go and crush it and want you to feel that you're not alone. You're not isolated. But I was that beyond us girl that when my mom was in the hospital for 165 days, Hillary down the street gave me this denim skirt. And I'll never forget what it felt like to know that I was cool and to know that I could wear that to school. And I was, I wasn't just the girl without the mom. And so I think that you ask about how my childhood and how my experience growing up and through the early years of my career, how has that changed and how has that created JD? And Hillary was is the catalyst and I pay tribute to her uh, in her memory for that one denim skirt because the power that it gave me had nothing to do with the fabric. Yeah, I mean, simple acts of kindness, you know? Right. But here's the other thing if you think about it because everything you help with feeds you, right? Mm-hmm. To be honest, we're all selfish at some point. So when you help someone, you fill, you fill up yourself because you know you've made, you, you've created, a, you've changed someone's world. But when you talk about stories and sharing your stories, when someone accepts your piece of clothing, they've accepted you. And so not only are you giving, empowering someone else to say, here you go, you know, I believe in you or whatever. By them taking it, that's such a big gift in itself. You can walk around being like, my piece of clothing, my story hasn't died. It hasn't fallen to the ground. It hasn't just gone into you know, cardboard box and dropped off at Goodwill. My story lives. And that piece is not going to be taken lightly. It's going to be cherished, just like I have cherished it myself. You know, people talk a lot about purpose and brand standing for values and charities and whatnot. When I wrote this article for CEO World, putting purpose above profit, it's the long game. We all need to make money, we to stay alive as we know now, right? We all need to make a profit. But during these times right now where we are hit hard in this market, what's going to last and what's gonna stay and keep us going is knowing that if we right now live in a place of purpose-driven action, right? Purpose-driven messaging. What can we do for others? How do we go back to our why? Why do we do what we do? Innovation comes out of this times. We can, again, we can choose to look at what we can control versus what we can't. And by doing that, you're actually setting the stage for long term results, for growth down the road. Because not only are you forcing you and your employees to think out of the box, you're driving from a place of good. You're driving from a place of being a human being that wants to help other human beings. And what that does is it reinforces and communicates to your employees and to your customers that this is why. We care. When you put purpose above profit, you show empathy, right? And you lead and advise and guide with humility.
0: The world is watching. You know?
1: Yes, I always say, you know, people were, yeah, I'll, I always say people will remember how we act today more than any product or service they buy from us.
0: So, where can our listeners go if they want to learn more about you, read some of your articles, check out your book? The book
1: can be picked up on Amazon, on Audible. And I tell the story on Audible in my own voice. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, my website. Remember, my spelling is slightly different. So Diane is D Y A N. But you know, for me, I would love to hear from people, from anyone, any of these listeners, any of the listeners today. Reach out to me. Share stories with me. Let me know how you and I can work together. Your stories matter. Your stories matter to me. I'm just so grateful you guys took the time to listen.
0: It's a chaotic time. The world is shifting, and a lot of what we know or thought we knew, it's gone out the window. During this, it can be easy for your identity to go with that. Whether you have a job or you lost a job, it's likely that some of your personal and professional identity fell to the wayside. I mean, mine sure did. But it's nice to have people like Janelle to remind you that your style counts, and so does your story. And it not only counts, but it's part of who you are. I hope you remember that. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. If you made it to the end of this episode, thank you. Make sure you hit the like button before you close us out. And subscribe wherever you get your podcast to listen to the latest episodes of Next. And if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, or you just want to tell us how much you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at nextpodcast at transperfect.com or visit us at nextpodcast.transperfect.com.